and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football, another action-packed, fun-filled, 1980s, nostalgia-esque edition, it would seem. Uh, Paul, you chose the entry music this week. Um, well, maybe it was me, but it was NXS. Was that, was that, uh, why, any, any real reason why we chose that song? Uh, it was, it's NXS Disappear, because tonight is the 99th episode of My Sanity's Completely dis- Disappeared. I'm spending so much time with you. Okay, I, I thought it was maybe because it's almost episode 100 that you thought I would disappear just like Stevie. Uh, chance would be a fine thing. It would indeed, yeah. So who, pray tell, is it because some K-League uh, stalwarts, some K-League famous uh, sons have disappeared again this week after Leo left last week? Or is there something bigger and deeper that has disappeared? Well, I don't know how much you follow... Uh, sort of news around the world but there's been a, a lot of worry recently about the, the, the decline in bumblebees have you seen anything about that? Uh, uh, actually my bee news is, is not really that great but anyway apparently there's a massive decline in bumblebees in the UK uh, and it's going to make the whole world go extinct uh, in Korea some bees have also gone extinct namely the Chungju Hamul be ambitious be ambitious is gone. Be the best. Two years ago it was be ambitious. Last year it was be the best. This, this year it was just be somewhere other than the K League. This year it's be no more. Be no more, yeah. So Tunji Humward gone. <coughs> but is that enough, Paul, for us to have went with NXS and disappear as the entry music? Um, you know that you know that night we had out in Koyang where that disappeared because of all the alcohol. Ah, so like still the podcast number one most listened to podcast is one night in Goyang. I actually think it was someone thought it was Paris Hilton was in a different hotel at the time, but anyway. Um, um, so Goyang are gone. Yeah, we'll never be able to repeat that experience. But we can repeat it, just not with the football. I, sp- I suppose we could go all the way up to Koyang and record a, a, po- a drunk podcast outside the stadium. Which is pretty much what we did anyway, right? <laughs> okay. So, so Goyang. Goyang Ziploc are gone, Chunju Hummel are gone uh, from the K-League Challenge, obviously. Um, so that's that's not looking good, right? But I guess that we, we did actually kind of mention that Goyang were, were on their way out uh, before the end of last season, maybe a couple of games to go. Uh, they kind of announced that they were probably not going to be sticking around for 2017. So I guess we kind of got that one roughly, roughly right, right? Indeed we did. We did. So, what kind of impact is that going to have on the challenge then, do you think? you think? Because Chunju and Goyang were probably the two teams that uh, most, most teams kind of, for want of a better word, pumped last year. Yep. Uh, apart from Buchon, who lost their uh, promotion hopes by actually losing to Goyang. But anyway, um, <coughs> like most teams uh, seem to like, um, they go to Goyang or play Goyang and Chunju. You know, and not like quite a few goals by them. Uh, so, do you think that means? You know how pe- people say that when you when you drink alcohol, it kills the weakest blood cells, which then means that you're actually more intelligent, just like the herd of buffalo. Do you think that means that the K League Challenge is now the best league in Korea? I wouldn't quite go that far, but okay. um, I guess it'd be it's going to be very competitive this year, right? With I think last year Anyang were a little bit off the pace, but everyone else was there or thereabouts, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, if you take Gyeongnam having that 15 points taken off them, yeah. uh, if they'd had those 15 points, they'd definitely been up there, yeah? So it looks as if it could be 
anyone's anyone's uh, anyone's league, right? Except Songnam. Songnam. Except Songnam. Songnam. It's gonna be Songnam's title, yeah. Trust me, I'm gonna be on target with this one. I'm sa- I'm saying Songnam's target. Uh, is to get automatic promotion and I think they'll definitely be in the top six and uh, if they don't get it you'll be disappointed yeah yeah. well if they don't get it I guess Sonnen himself will probably be the next team to disappear I, I, I really can't see them sticking around for a couple of years in the challenge I don't think the fans or or the the, the club have that in their in their in their, uh, in their vision for the way forward yeah Okay. They're going to give it 110% to get promoted. Um, <coughs> I hope so. <coughs> I mean, uh, 10% would be an, an increase in how they played uh, the, the second half of this season. But 110%, Paul, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a cliche, right? Is that this week's cliche? It's not this week's cliche, actually. No, this week's cliche is one of my own personal personal favourites, uh, which is if that was on target, it'd have gone in. Or the variation of, if that was on target, it'd have been a goal. Okay. It's up there, it's up there along with, you've got to make the goalkeeper work. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those ones are like really my kind of favourite cliches, yeah? And also linked into, if you put it either side of the goal, it's a goal. Yeah. I mean, I've never really got why they say, if that was on target, it'd be a goal. Because they still have to beat the goalkeeper, right? Um, so, I always wonder where that one comes from. But yeah... Kind of stating the obvious that if it was on target and the goalkeeper wasn't in the goals, yeah. it would have been a goal, yeah? If he puts that anywhere else, it's, it's a goal, but he's put it straight at the keeper. Yeah. So, this week's cliche is, if that was on target, it would have been a goal. Which basically means everything that you were currently thinking as you were, as you were holding your head in your hands, because you've just lost the cup final to FC Seoul, after humping them for the... F- for about 90 minutes when Wangy Joe misses a goal with the last head of the ball. <laughs> if that had been on target, it would have been a goal. And it had been penalties instead that you just lost the final, yeah? So when you're going through that moment of great sadness, just remember uh, this podcast and that's what it means, yeah? Okay. Speaking of FC so, um <coughs> we talked last week a little bit about uh, Adriano taking Instagram photographs of himself somewhere in China or on his way to China or in a Chinese restaurant we weren't really quite sure where it was taken it was seen he's continued taking photographs of himself in, on his Instagram and seems to have announced that he has left FC Seoul is that correct? Uh, he took a photo of himself lying in bed wearing a, uh, a training top from another team the aforementioned Xu Zhuang Ever Bright okay um, he also today he put up a Another thing saying, like, goodbye, thanks for the memories, it won't be forever, I'll be back. At which most pop soul fans said, don't bother. <laughs> that's the thing about, you know, like, the, the, the fickle football fan, right? I mean, Adriano probably got you... Uh, saved your season in 2015. Yep. <coughs> Definitely... You know, like got you out that group stage without even ever being in danger from like the first game, right? Right. Uh, but yeah, straight away it's like don't bother, don't come back. It's just kind of like the. the I, I think I, I'm not just. I don't mean the fickle football fan in Korea. I mean in general, like if you know, like the majority of football players when they leave your club, you don't want them back. Yeah. I, I think Korean fans are far more give, far more forgiving than than uh, other fans I know. Okay. And 
a lot of them do say like oh thanks for these past 18 months good luck in the future and others are like well, he's just going for the money and get lost and so why do you think the 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 response to the Adriano was don't bother do you think it's the way he's left do you think it's yeah I, I guess I, I don't think because they're, they're seeing he's not going on to they don't they see the team he's going to is not a better team than Seoul right yeah, it's a second okay. division Chinese team so the presumption is that he's just going for the money rather than the, the glory or the, the opportunity to better himself which makes sense yeah which yeah. We, we've already discussed that you, you and me would do exactly the same thing so yeah. I mean it's it's quite funny when you say how Keighley fans are maybe more forgiving than other fans like <coughs> I know this is like 48 years of Korean football but I still remember when Henrik Larsson came back to Celtic Park for the first time in a Barcelona shirt. He actually scored as well. But anyway, and then during the game, when he came on, I think he came off the bench. Yeah, he did. And it was probably like the loudest, uh, the, you know, the hail, hail the Celsar here that I've ever heard. But the next song that was sang was every time he got the ball, Celtic fans sang Bobo's Gonna Get You, which was in reference to our absolute man-mountain uh, of a defender, Bobo Baldi, who was basically like famous for breaking legs and crunching tackles. And every time Larson got the ball, they sang Bobo's Gonna Get You. And that's kind of what you call unforgiving after the seven years or so that Henrik Larson gave us, you know what I mean? But but anyway, uh, so yeah, so it's, I guess Keighley fans maybe aren't quite as bad uh, as, as some other fans, yeah? Other news, just when we're talking about outgoing players, uh, is that... One of my favourite players, Peter, uh, probably one of the best midfielders or definitely best passes of the ball anyway in the, in the, in the K-League, has also confirmed uh, that his, his departure from Korea uh, and he signed with Greek side Aris FC. So he made a return to Greece. Uh, best of luck to him, definitely. So close to being R2. R2P2. R2P2, yeah. It's Aris P2. Aris P2, yeah. But... Uh, <coughs> like he seemed to want to stay with Sona. <coughs> there was a lot of DMs on his Instagram page where people were asking him like, what's happening, please stay. Yeah. And it would seem that he was replying saying, Look, since Hackbum's left, no one from the club has contacted me about a new contract. No one has has bothered. I don't feel welcome, I don't feel that they want me. And so yes, yeah, so, so he's 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 kind of upped sticks and left again, yeah. Which I think is a big loss to the key because I definitely think he was one of the better players last season, yeah? Okay, so I guess we talked to him about Adriano, FC Seoul. There was FC Seoul were in the news again this week uh, for footballing reasons, and positive footballing reasons this time, unlike changing their captain to, to Quack, as we had last week. <laughs> so FC Seoul were going to compete in the Hong Kong Cup. The Hong Kong Cup, yeah. Uh, and originally their first fixture was going to be against Australia under 23s, right? Yeah, which is the Oli Roos, right? The yeah. Oli Roos, right? Um, but that would seem to have been changed <coughs> as the Oli Roos have pulled out. Um, no, no idea if it's because of avian flu or not, but I'm just going to say that rumour anyway. Do you want me to tell you what it, why it was? Uh, can we stick with the avian bird flu even after you tell us it? Okay, yeah, <laughs> we can do whatever we want. <laughs> um, no, it's because they 
the FFA Football Federation Australia required the A-League clubs to release certain players to, to attend this fixture. And the, the Australian season is in full flow at the moment. Oh. So the clubs protested saying, we don't mind releasing players for a training session, but we don't want them flying 10 hours up to Hong Kong to compete in a meaningless friendly. So the, the FFA backed down and the under-23 Australian seat pulled out. Okay, so who has, or who have they, they been replaced by? So who has replaced them? The uh, New Zealand slash Oceania champions. I think, I think they're champions of Oceania, right? Fresh from their, fresh from competing in the Club World Cup. Ah, City. <coughs> so isn't the the New Zealand League currently underway? Um, or whatever they compete in? Quite possibly. You probably want to ask podcast favourite Clark about that. Okay. Okay, yeah, I will do. So we'll get back to you next week on that one. Well, probably two weeks. Let's give Clark two weeks to get back to us. He's actually in New Zealand at the minute, so... Let's give him three weeks then. <laughs> yeah, he's probably, he's probably uh, under some Kiwi somewhere. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, is that a tournament? Is that a game that you're going to try and find in a stream? Is that something that you're, you're going to be interested in looking up? How so we're doing? Like, do, do you put any... Uh, like as a Wednesday fan, do you put any emphasis on pre-season friendlies with Wednesday? Do you put less on on ones with FC So or more emphasis on ones with FC So? Um, well, it's funny you should ask this because actually Wednesday were the, the team that originated the whole Asian tour. Like way, okay. way back when they they made a trip out to Japan before before anyone else did. But no, generally, I don't really pay any attention to to pre-season friendlies at all. Well, I mean, you do, because you, you look at the results just to see how they're going. But uh, certainly in recent years, Sol's pre-season friendlies have meant nothing in terms of how they actually start the season. Yeah, okay. They, they've gone through, they've had really strong pre-seasons and come out and done nothing and been bottomed the league after about five games. And then they've had pre-seasons where they've done nothing and then sort of exploded out of the gates for the league, so... Okay. <coughs> it seems to be something that you don't really seem to get the, the, the same press coverage <coughs> of the pre-season friendlies here as well you know like back home I generally know who Celtic are playing they normally go on a tour of America a tour of Germany or something you know that like you have Rangers who are bigots so they go on a tour of Northern Ireland but <laughs> you can cut that if you want but um, but you know it's like you, you don't really seem to get that same coverage here really because this Hong Kong Cup maybe is kind of getting a bit more exposure than, than, for example, John Book's friendlies or Ulsan's friendlies or, or so on, right? I saw the Chicken Wings release there, a list of friendlies they're going to play on, well, I saw it on Twitter earlier. They're, they're in Spain somewhere and they've got okay. a bunch of friendlies lined up with various mid-level European sides and etc. Okay. I think the interesting thing for me is that back home, um, clubs will generally play a couple of friendlies against really tiny like village sides, right? as a kind of a local favour yeah. and they'll have a couple of uh, home friendlies to sort of generate excitement for the season and generate some season ticket sales but here all the all friendlies are away right? because yeah. we're still in the middle of winter yeah and there's usually like one glamour friendly as well right, right. I mean usually 
every year like Wednesday will play someone way bigger than them, like something that like someone huge, like a Barnsley or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you know, like or like Celtic will play someone bigger than I don't know who would that be, Man City or something. Rangers. Um, <laughs> but um, careful, careful. More successful than them. <laughs> oh, with more, with more league titles. Don't go down that stupid road. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, again, in Korea or in Asia, it does seem to be like a little bit different. That when we're talking about um, like training and stuff like that. Uh, Quick nod out to podcast favourite Dan Harris, who let us break the news that he has actually signed a new contract uh, after being but asked. Did, but didn't actually like the relevant tweet or retweet it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I wonder why that was, Paul. Um, also, should be noted as well that uh, Songnam, sorry, Eland, are in the same hotel as uh, Songnam. And Dan did text me to ask me if I wanted to say anything to the players, uh, and I did ask him to speak to Rijo for me. Um, so. Sorry, wee man. Um, hopefully, hopefully Dan didn't have a word in your ear about anything. Wait, where's that? Uh, overseas. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, uh, I take even less interest in my team's pre-season training than what you do, yeah? I think last year like, we actually did a whole preview of, like, a whole show on what everyone was, right? Right. Uh, I've not seen as much information this year. Yeah, it hasn't been as much this year, yeah. Uh, but Seoul always do the same thing. They start off in Guam, then they shift over to Japan. And they've chucked in Hong Kong for it. Yeah. It's a new thing this year. But yeah, I don't think Sonam. Last year, Sonam went to uh, America, right? They in California and stuff like that, but I don't think they're doing anything quite as on extravagant money, this year. On taxpayers' <coughs> money, it's disgraceful. No, it was probably on E.J. Myung's own money, right? Anyway, so that's uh, Adriano, Peter, the, the Hong Kong Cup covered. Yep. Um, obviously... Changes being made there to both like, Seoul and Songnam's team. Changes being made to the HK, uh, the Hong Kong Cup. I guess like one other big change. What was that song by? Yeah, can we just get it off of like that we normally do and put the song in and not have you sing it? <laughs> we only have a few listeners as it is, right? Uh, but other big change this week was the news that Juventus, one of the the world's actually uh, most well-known teams and like, uh, most successful teams have changed their club badge uh, after X amount of years. How does that relate to the K-League? Uh, it doesn't, but what I thought we would do is think about... Are we, are we struggling for stuff to talk about this week? Nope, I thought if you could choose a badge that you would change in the K-League, a badge that you don't like, like, like one of the club team badges that, that you think looks garish, horrible or ugly... Which one would it be, and uh, like, what would you change it? Why would you change it? Because like, the Kaylee has some like horrendously bad kits, uh, some really really poor poor badges. Change, change for the better, or just change to amuse myself. Just change to amuse yourself, because like last year, Suwon FC changed their badge right <coughs> to include uh, the Fortress, which is actually a far better badge than Suwon Blue Wings, which is a pretty honking badge. Uh. Yeah, okay. I do have a bunch of badges I change. Okay. Starting with the Soul badge. Okay, you why have you changed your team's badge? Because I don't agree with it having the whole 1984 date on it. Okay, so you would change it to include Anyang Cheetah's history as well? No, I would delete Anyang Cheetah's history. I would, okay. I would just have Soul as like founded in 2004 and be done with it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you would remove the 1984, sorry, is what you yeah, said there. Yeah, remove okay. the 1984. 
controversial, I know, but... Okay. Uh, Any other badges that you, you would change? The, any badge that when you look at you shudder and think, oh, really? Some <coughs> some marketing team sat and went through that? Yeah. The Chonnam Chon badge is garish. It's purple and silver stripes, right? Yep. The John the Chonnam dragons? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's the, the, those stripes just mean that you can't actually see the dragon's head very well on it. So yeah, I would I would change that one. And for, for me, the one badge I really want to say I would change the blue wings badge. But for, for me, the one badge that I cannot see a point to, and the one badge I think needs changed the most is the Jeju badge. Quite why it's a deer, I have no idea. Uh, I thought Jeju was famous for oranges and for black pigs. I didn't think it was actually famous for deer. Yeah. It's a really strange-looking, uh, ridiculous antlers on top of a J badge. I'm sure there's a historical reason. It's a tramp stamp. It's a tramp stamp, right? <laughs> so this is just like a very quick kind of like, further in the podcast. But if there's any badges that you would like to see changed uh, in the in the K League or anywhere at all, then just like kind of drop us a line, uh, either on the blog or on the Twitter account, and explain like why why would you like to see your team or another team's badge changed. For example, does the Sue One Blue Wings badge offend you? Whenever you see it, do you get angry and want to start a fight? Uh, or is there like, do you think Songnam's badge is just kind of like really bad because there actually are no magpies in Tanchan? Um, I don't like your that massive magpie thing they've come up behind the goal. Ah, I like the magpie behind the goal. I don't like the magpie on the badge. <laughs> they're going to change it to a whippet this year. Well, the thing is, like, like uh, the previous badge was actually a Pegasus, like rising from the flames, right? Um, which I never really quite grasped where that came from either. Uh, and I guess the, the magpie is just because they, they wanted to play in black. I don't really remember walking around the streets of Tanchon and being like, and they were swooping magpies still my watches and, and, and my jewellery, right? I don't think you you hardly ever remember walking out of the stadium into the streets of Tanjan, right? Yeah, but I remember going there in the first place. <laughs> like, leaving's another story, right? Generally another story. Okay, so, <coughs> I guess the other big news in the K-League, to bring it back onto what the Forest Shades of Football podcast was originally about, was the news that there was a, an election for the new president, the new head, chairman, chairman of the K-League, um, and the, the name that was getting kind of bandied about was <coughs> that of an ex-footballer who's currently like a professor. Uh, he seemed to be like, I don't know if he was a popular choice, but he was a name that was being bandied about. He seemed to be well qualified, plus he was the only guy that went up for it. So, Yeah, so you might think that, that would kind of probably set him out from, that, from everyone else who didn't bother applying. Yeah. Uh, there's 24 votes, 25 votes. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And he, he obviously rocked it. Uh, he came home with, like, uh, all but five of the votes, right? Uh, he got all the votes that were cast. <laughs> <laughs> Which was five. Five. So, yeah. So, that didn't really go quite as successfully as it should have done, right? So, that means the current guy will stay on in an interim basis while they uh, redo the election. Okay. Uh, is that something that you think is surprising? Given your knowledge of Korea and Korean football and culture, did you think he was like going to be the next choice? Did you think? 
based on my knowledge of bureaucracy and the way things work, I'm surprised you didn't get it because normally they, they decide who they want to pick and then they go through the, the show of having a, an actual vote. Yeah. And it's just a, like a pro forma process, right? But here, it's, I, I don't know what you did to offend the, the people who are voting. Actually, the people that were voting were all the were officials or somehow related to each of the clubs. Mm -hmm. So I don't know which which of the five clubs voted for him and which ones didn't, but he obviously d didn't do enough to get on side with the, uh, the K-League clubs. Okay. <coughs> so, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, like whether he was a man for the job or not, like we've talked about how the K-League probably does really need kind of shaking up. It does need some changes. You know, it does need, you know, like, <coughs> kind of new blood, you know, leading it, or, you know, like, kind of, just maybe some new ideas and some new concepts. Like, something that's been in the news a little bit recently was a lot of rumours that Red Bull were about to uh, step into into English football. I uh, think the clubs that, that were being rumoured were, were West Ham and Notts Forest. The chairman of Red Bull was come out and said that that's not actually possible with UEFA's rules that you know they couldn't actually own uh, a team in England. Uh, they already, I think, they have the New York Red Bulls. Yep. Uh, they have a team in Salzburg and they have Leipzig. Actually, they have two Austrian teams actually, uh, <coughs> and they have Red Bull Leipzig as well. Is that something that you would like to see in Korea, like like Red Bull Suwon, uh, Red Bull Jonam? Red Bull Steelers. Uh, is it something? That <coughs> is it something that you think would work? Would be allowed? Would be good? Then what would be your opinion on? If it doesn't need to be Red Bull, but like a sugar daddy like that came in and bought, you know, like a non-Korean Chibol came in and bought a Korean club and started to like invest heavily. Do you think that would be good for the game? Is that what the game needs, or do you think it would be a disaster? Uh, it's, it's an inter interesting question. I think in more interesting than which badge would you change? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in, in terms of uh, Leipzig, which is in East Germany, right? And they're doing very well in the Bundesliga yeah. right now. Um, before they were a struggling club with a small crowd, and now they're doing well with a relatively big crowd. Second. So, if they could have that kind of impact on the K League, it's got to be good, no matter what you think of the way it's done. Um, if they could take one of the smaller struggling clubs and create them into a viable championship uh, contender I think okay. that would be good I wouldn't like it if they did it to, to Samscom or one of the other teams like that ok <coughs> so you think it would be good if they take let's say they came in and they took a team like say like Buchan and changed into Red Bull Buchan uh, and then Buchan won the challenge came up were buying players buying like the top Korean players Blah blah blah. Butcher were up challenging at the top of the table. You think that would be? I mean, like, <coughs> like one of our big things about the K League, which is related to the maybe would have been uh, to the change of of a uh, president or chairman, is that it's never on TV. <coughs> I mean, like, we discussed this like a couple of podcasts ago that like, it was actually on TV a lot more last year, but still, you know, like sports stations will show. Five will show that the same baseball game before they'll show the Kakeli game. If Red Bull, for example, came in and took over over the K League, do you think they would put a demand in place? And that they must be on TV, 
that you know that one of the sports channels must show like their team or a K League team or something. Like, do you think it ta- it would take or it needs a Red Bull to maybe increase the K League exposure or the K League desire to expose itself, so to speak? Uh, I don't know because you got to just demonstrate that people are going to watch it, right? And I, I just don't think there's that appetite to watch okay. TV, like football on TV or K-League on TV. If they brought along, if in taking over Puchon they brought in <coughs> like a Frank Lampard or whatever like they did in New York, a couple of ageing Premier, Premier League stars, then I think people would watch it for a while anyway. Mm. But I just, I just don't think there's... Despite how popular the, the Premier League is here, I don't think there's an appetite for watching live football okay. uh, of a Korean standard. Okay. So it's kind of like, so you think, apart from it being pie in the sky, even if it did happen, uh, it's probably something that they wouldn't make that big a difference or, or, or change that much, yeah? Okay. So I don't think that Red Bull's a particularly well-known brand here, is it? It's the most GS and CUs and stuff, but... You probably find that uh, Hot Six is probably is probably more well known than Red Bull, right? Right, we need a Hot Six push on. Uh, well, that's speaking of which, who do you think will be their K-pop group uh, in the first game of the season this year? They've had uh, Hello Venus and Girlfriend and Stellar before that. Uh, it's Twice. It's going to be the Lovelies. Going to be the Lovelies. Yeah. You're showing your age there, Paul. I think are they are they up and coming? I don't know. Some something I saw on Facebook earlier. Uh, is it going to be Lovelies? Uh, no. It's oh, okay. Th- there's actually a K-pop group called L- The Lovelies. <coughs> there is. There's one called Twice as well. I, I know nothing about K-pop, so... That's why when you weren't here and you were on vacation, the intro and outro was all K-pop music, yeah? It was my revenge. Anyway, back to, to football. Um, a couple of things left to, to uh, talk about. Like Next week sees the... The beginning of the uh, Asian Champions League uh, for 2017. Yep. Uh, the first, the first preliminary round kicks off between the mighty. <coughs> uh, I think it's Global Global FC uh, versus Tampion Rovers. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about these two teams, Paul? Before we make ourselves sound dafter than usual. I do. Okay, what do you know? Which one? So we'll start with Global? Uh, global, I don't know much about. Okay. I, yeah, I know something about Tampines Rovers, and that's from when we did research earlier. Is the fact that they didn't actually win the Singaporean League. They finished <laughs> second, but because the team that won was a Japanese team, like a Japanese reserve team or something, they, they were awarded the place. Okay. <coughs> so, these two teams, like, uh, have they... Have they filled their uh, Asian quota with a plethora of of uh, unknown Brazilians? Um, so Champions League is three plus one, right? Yep. Uh, no, they haven't. I think I saw on Twitter earlier that the the Singaporean team's got a Korean player. Okay. I know that much. I believe it, it's uh, <coughs> uh, Son Yong Chan. Okay. That's his name. I have no idea about him. Okay. Uh, they also have, uh, I do believe, that as well as, a, as having a Korean player, 
They actually also have, a, have an, an English player as well, who's called Liam Shotton. Uh, being from England, Paul, are you aware of anything about Liam Shotton? Uh, no, I know there's a guy that plays somewhere called Sh- Shotton Rock. Ryan Shotton. Ryan Shotton plays for Birmingham. Yeah, plays. Yeah. Oh, scores against Wednesday, I think. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if they are maybe related. Yeah. There's uh, a very unusual name, Shotton, right? Especially for, for a football to be called Shotton. It's quite a good name for a striker. Shot on, shot on target. We'll see if Liam's anywhere like his brother, right? Uh, so that's Tampines. They also have a Japanese player and a Croatian. Uh, and a Croatian as well, yeah. So they do have their full complement of foreigners. Okay. <coughs> <coughs> the team they're up against Glo- Global, not to be confused with Glory. Um, don't know much about this team, but <coughs> sorry, but they have a Brazilian called Dimas and an, an Australian called Yanni Percatus. Oh, look! Look at their head coach. That's a name I know. And their head coach is John Burridge. Budgie. Budgie. The Budgie, the one who once played for Newcastle. There can't be more than one, can there? I think he also played for Aberdeen as well. I'm sure ex-podcast host uh, Stevie could come in and tell us if he did or not. But yeah, big Budgie. Big Budgie. Big guy. More like a dad's player than a football player, if I remember right. Maybe if they get through all the qualifiers and into the group stage, we'll, we'll go and interview him when they play in Korea. Uh, someone tells me born half the baller. <laughs> Uh, so obviously Global are at home, which means that they must be the best team of the two. Um, so really, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <coughs> yeah, they must be right. Yeah, the, so the home team is is the best team, right? Or what they, the the highest ranking team. So are we going to make a prediction on this one? Um, yeah, Singaporean team is going to win. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're going to go with the underdogs, yeah? Or the non favourites, right? Well, just to be confrontational, uh, I'm going to go with Global as being uh, 2 1 winners. Uh, goals by Damas himself. And if they get through this, they have to go and play Brisbane Raw before going on to play Shanghai Shenhua before they would end up in the group with Kashima. Yeah. <coughs> so, uh, that's not going to happen. Okay. <coughs> so, yeah, so the, so the prize for the winners then is a trip to Australia to play Brisbane Roar, yeah? And that game takes place on the 31st of January. Okay. So this game between Global and Tampin takes place uh, on the 24th. Yeah. Uh, I guess in our 100th edition, uh, we may or may not give you the score for that one, right? If we remember. If we remember, yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet. So where is the first Korean team in action? Um, that would be Cheju, possibly Cheju United, possibly Ulsan, possibly nobody. Okay. Depending on what happened. <coughs> We've still got this whole uh, investigation to Chumbuk dragging on. Okay. Well, allegedly dragging on. Not seen any any news about it recently. Yeah, the last thing I've seen was that they had an actual fact the AFC Entry Committee had opened up the investigation to have a look at whether or not John Book should have been allowed in. That was the last thing I, that I saw. Whether or not anything's going to happen from that, I have no idea. 
It should have taken about two minutes to review, right? I mean, that yes or no, right? Quite why it's been two weeks or whatever it's been is, is beyond me, yeah? But it's answered, to go back and answer your question, the first team scheduled to be in action from Korea is Cheju United on the 7th of February. So that's, what, three weeks away? Three weeks away, yep. Um, um, they would play Kichi or Hanoi. So <coughs> Surely, surely, we're not going to see Hanoi TNT taken apart for the third year in a row by a Korean team, are we? Didn't, didn't do that badly last year against... Pohang. 3-1. Uh... Big Samson getting in a fight in the box, I remember. That's what I remember most, yeah? Yeah. The year before that, <coughs> it was uh, so right? 6-0. 6-0 or something, yeah? Okay. So it'll be either Kitchi or, or Hanoi that will have the pleasure of going to the island to play Jeju, yeah? Or going to Ulsan. Or going to Ulsan. But we're going to keep it as it is right now. So I don't think there's going to be any changes. So I think it's going to be Jeju, yeah? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there'll be any changes, but I, I think if they decide anything, they'll they'll defer it a year. They'll say the draw's already been made for this year. They'll get a punishment. And you won't be allowed there next year. They won't be available. They won't be allowed to play in 2019. Even if you win it, yeah. But they'll so. get relegated this year anyway, so it'll be <coughs> moot. Okay. So talking about <coughs> being available to play in the, in the, in the Champions League, <coughs> I think the final topic, just to kind of briefly touch on uh, is the news that the Chinese government has kind of come in and uh, I believe they've they've come in and said that they, they've overruled the complaint or something uh, from Chinese clubs about the, the registration and they've said that uh, basically <coughs> Chinese teams can start can only start with three foreigners uh, on the park they can only ever have three foreigners on, on the park uh, and there must also be uh, one under 23 player who must start the game. Uh, and the plus one Asian rule, uh, Asian player rule, has been taken away. Um, so, looking at the teams that are already there, you know, the players that are already in China, you know, that your Oscars and, and, and so on. It does make you really worry for the Korean players <coughs> and Japanese and Australians and Uzbekis and whatever, but p- particularly for the Korean players that are currently in China, that your Yunbik Garams and so on, who really can't really see how Yunbik Garams going to hold down a place in a team <coughs> ahead of you know a 25 million pound Brazilian midfielder, right, who's been signed from the bench at Chelsea or something, right? Because in previous seasons, the, for, for Chinese Super League games, it was a four plus one, right? Mm. Four foreigners plus one Asian. In the Champions League, obviously, it's three plus one, and, and that'll still go on like that. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the Chinese Super League, it's going to be three foreigners from anywhere. Yeah. Yep. So I do believe there's a fourth one allowed on the bench. I'd yeah. I, but, I think but that's he could right. Also, you could have four Brazilians if you wanted to, right? Yeah. I, I, I think that's right. Um, but definitely, it's like three starting. Is what I've heard. But the big news, I mean, is the taking away of the additional the plus one place, yeah? Yeah. When it, when it was plus one, they, they pretty much had to, well, the Korean, obviously Korean players were generally decided, thought to be the best players in Asia, right? Yeah. Or either you had a big Australian defender or a, a speedy Korean midfielder or... or 
<coughs> well, yeah, because I think like Japanese players who showed a lot of potential tend to go like overseas, pretty, like out of Asia, pretty quickly. You know, like your Hondas, you know, like uh, Kagawas and things like that, right? Yeah. Whereas like some good, really decent Korean players kind of were staying in Asia, you know, right? And there was an idea that they might actually, you know, like that they see China as a stepping stone, and then you know get a lot of money and then move to like uh, sort of Europe after that. I mean. You had, I pronounced it wrong every single time, but Hebe Fortune, is that correct? Hebe Fortune, yeah. Who signed two Korean players like last season, yeah, one from uh, Pohang, one from Jeju, right? And uh, now you, you were looking and say, well, one of those guys has got to, if he hasn't already, one of those guys has got to be sold, definitely. Um, and it's like, just recently as well, like the, the, uh, the, the guy who played for Alain was just signed for 12 million? Yeah. Something like that. Um, he's going to get a place in front of Oscar, Fexia, Joe. If you're the manager of a of a Chinese Super League team, do you keep a, do you keep a Korean in your squad just to play in the ACL, or do you just play with three foreigners in the ACL? I mean, I think it depends on like how much that that, that Korean is going to cost, right? How much he's going to pay, and how I mean, when's he going to play? He's going to basically play in ACL, right? And if you're if you're the one Korean playing for Shanghai SIPG behind Hulk and Oscar, do you sit around all season hoping to play in the ACL, or do you? Because there's no way that a Korean, like a Korean defender or midfield, is going to be able to compete. No. To get in in, in the matchday squad ahead of Oscar, Hulk, and whoever <coughs> the third guy is. No, it's definitely going to have a massive impact. Uh, it's, it's going to have an impact on Koreans. I mean, all Asian players, but let's just keep this from a Korean point of view. It's going to have a massive impact on Koreans currently overseas, uh, in China, sorry. And it's going to have a huge impact on ones who are currently sitting thinking about leaving their clubs, like a Wang Yijo, who might be thinking, oh, one more year at Songnam, crack a few goals in, get a move to a Chinese club. It's not going to happen now, right? But I think it will also have an impact on the K-League as a whole because, uh, as I mentioned, some of the Australian defenders who've headed over to uh, China or someone like a Tim Cahill who's, who went to China for a year, right? Those guys will now still <coughs> be looking to get out of Australia where they don't earn, earn much money, looking for a bigger payday. So that some, of the, some of the guys we see coming to, Austra- to the K-League from Australia will get potentially better quality. So they're not quite good enough to go to Europe, but they're still good enough to be wanted by, courted by Asian clubs. Yeah. I mean, it could have a good, it could have a, have a good impact well, on the K-League. Well, while we're talking about Australian players, and this is tangentially K-League related, you know, Corny, Robert Cornthwaite. Oh, so I think when Corny has in some of the jokes that we crack in the podcast. No, Corny, Rob, Robert Cornthwaite. Yep. Back in Australia now. Is it? He, he was in uh, Malaysia, right? <coughs> it was, yeah. well, I, I assume it was him. It was, I was looking at a random A League match the other day, and it's he was Cornthwaite was listed on the starting eleven. So uh, yeah, he was in Malaysia for like a, a year or so, a couple of years, right? Um, yeah, I mean, <coughs> the, the problem is like looking at you know last year and looking at you know like um, like Partilu being taken to John Book, it didn't work. And it was, I thought it was a disaster. So you'd have to wonder if <coughs> would a lot of like, Australian players want to come to John Book 
or I feel like some of the teams in the K League. I mean, this year we've seen like uh, like Matt German coming to uh, the Blue Wings, right? We currently have Adrian Lair and Bruce Dejet uh, playing at Suwon FC. So I think, yeah, I would be perfectly happy to see more Australian players coming over. Uh, I would be happy to obviously see more more Korean players stay in Korea, not make that 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 move to China or anywhere. To be perfectly honest, I'd rather see. Korea try and develop Korean players for another couple of years instead of just kind of trying to sell them straight away. Yeah? <coughs> okay, so I guess we'll see what happens, but uh, all eyes must be on Yunbit Garam right now uh, to see if he will come back to his first love. Songnam. Well, that was, that was his first love, right? Where we embraced him, we loved him. We gave him the fantastic nickname of Yun Shit Karam. Are you going to set Bobo on him? Uh, well, he was once like the Rangers, so yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting. I'll be interested to see if this has an impact on Korean players currently in China and maybe the the kind of the exodus of Korean players leaving the K League as well. Yeah. And while you've been talking about that, I've looked up Robert Cornthwaite, and he's currently playing for Western Sydney Wanderers, so he'll presumably be back in Seoul in a few weeks' time. So get out your uh, Rob, 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 we love you. Maybe Ryan will come up to to uh, cheer on his idol. I did. He- I do hear that apparently his famous banner was Rob Seo. Was what? Rob Seo. Uh, apparently that was a banner that John and fa- fans had from. Because uh, that could mean something like Rob Okay. I'm not sure that's true, but that's what I did. I did hear. <coughs> Maybe Ryan can can let us know if there actually was a Rob banner for him. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so I guess that's pretty much everything for tonight. Covered. We went on probably a little bit longer than we, we anticipated, but anyway. Just for a change. Just just for a change. Uh, you probably noticed when you clicked on the link. You maybe even heard us talking about it already that uh, this was episode 99. If you don't include the the red button disasters that we did when we had three hosts, um, like, if you include those, we're up to about 150, right? Yeah, because there was quite a few of them, and they were they were good. Uh, but so yeah, so we're in episode 99. So next week, next podcast will be our hundredth birthday uh, podcast. Uh, we're going to try and make it a little bit special. We're going to give you some of our memories. Bring they talk about some of our favourite moments across like the the, the last couple of years. Uh, the rumours that we might actually do a video one so you can see our birthday cake have not been confirmed yet. I've got a question for you. Okay. Obviously, the Queen's a, a very uh, she listens to the podcast every week. Um, once she hears our hundredth episode, obviously she's going to want to send a telegram. Do you think it'll get here within a week's time? Uh, <coughs> if if uh, she wants to send a telegram, uh, she can send it to uh, Fifty Shades of Football at, at uh, gmail dot com, <laughs> and then someone else can read it, right? Uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, next week will be a hundred. But I guess this means this week was ninety nine. Paul, I'm assuming you've been holding this back, this song back every single time. There's been a nine point gap. Every single time there's been nine teams potentially in the challenge next year. Yeah. Every single time there's been like a number nine scoring a goal. Yeah. I know you've been wanting to play this song, but for two years I've curtailed it. Yeah. I've held you back. Are you going to let loose? Which one? 
you see, I wanted to play the Jay-Z song. You did, but we can't find a clean version, right? 99 Problems. But, but Stevie ain't one? But Stevie ain't one. <laughs> but no, we can't find anything that's even remotely suitable to put out. So, so I guess the only way of doing that is to, for us to actually record it ourselves right now, after the podcast is finished, right? Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm no good at... Uh, uh, Rapping or hip hopping or whatever it's whatever the youngsters call it nowadays. Okay, so we may have to go with something more Germanic, something more eighties, some more eighties again, right? Okay, so take it away, Nena.